Welcome to Relatively Sane Podcast. I'm your host, comedian Jessica Kirsten. We are taking a deep dive into the secret lives of comics, actors, entertainers, and other people in the spotlight. Please follow me on social media at Jessica Kirsten on Instagram, at Jessica Kirsten on Twitter. Please also follow the podcast at, at Relatively Sane Pod on Instagram and at Sane underscore podcast on Twitter. And check out my website, JessicaKirsten.com. It has all my upcoming tour dates. Please give us a five star rating and a review on iTunes and tell your friends about us. If you're interested in advertising on this podcast, please contact us on Instagram, again, at at Relatively Sane Pod. I'm very proud to be Jewish, and I'm very, very proud of the whole tradition, you know, all the traditions and the the culture of it, but I hated going to Hebrew school growing up. I had to go to Hebrew school on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays. And it was, I was always getting into trouble for making people laugh and doing the Nazi symbol. But this is the thing. I really loved my friends there, but I didn't learn anything. Like we watched Yentl and I know about the Passover plate, but I really don't know a lot. It was very materialistic. So when we went to the holidays, cause you go for the high holy days, like Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, you it's it was always about what everyone was wearing, what car they came in. So it was a lot about looks and all that stuff. And I didn't love going, but I went. You know, a lot of people have asked me if I'm religious. I am not religious, um, but I'm very proud of being Jewish. And I just, the religious, let's be honest, the religious people, the Orthodox people do not accept my lifestyle. You know, I'm a child molester and they don't actually, yeah, they don't accept, well, Hasidic are really into that. I don't, when people compare me to a Hasidic person, they're like, well, they're Jewish. Like you, they're not, they, I am not a part of that community and they do not accept me. Even if I wasn't, even if I didn't eat box. They would not accept me because I'm not religious at all. And I, I mean, I still, I cover my knees and my elbows and my collarbones because I'm heavy and I don't, I love saying the word heavy. Because I'm Robinesque and I like to cover myself. I don't ever have an elbow showing. But I don't cover my head. I, why do women have to cover their heads? What is attractive about a scalp? Like, I don't want to fuck someone's scalp. I don't want to rub my vagina all over someone's hairline. I don't understand what the wigs are about. But that's neither here nor there. I've never said that expression. Neither here nor there. I That is the corniest thing I've ever said. So the Hasidic are really nuts. And it's kind of, the lifestyle would work for me because I don't care what I look like a lot. So that would be perfect. I could just walk around and look like I'd been mugged and homeless because that's basically what they look like. Ugh, I saw this man the other day, like playing with the curls. Um, I always say tzatziki, but that's a yogurt sauce from the Greek, whatever. They play with the curls on the top, on the sides of their heads. What are they called, Tracy? I have no clue. I think it is tzatziki sauce. It's not tzatziki sauce. No, <laughs> it's not. It's not, it's not tzatziki sauce. 
I have to get my tzatziki sauce curls fixed. No, it's not. They're called, I don't, payas. They're called payas. I just made that up, but I think they are called payas. And they curl them a lot and they sniff their fingers. There's a lot going on with smells and they stink. These people fucking reek. Also, I've done a lot of shows for not them because they don't think women should speak, but I've done a lot of shows for Orthodox people and I'm, I love, I do have a lot of friends who are Orthodox, like modern Orthodox, but the like old school more Orthodox, the old school Orthodox, um, don't laugh. They, it's like, it's literally as if they just saw their dog run over by a car and you have to perform for them. And the other, the last time I did it, I said, why are you all so miserable? All you fucking do is pray. You're praying all day long. Shouldn't you be happy? Like, what is the point of praying so much? I don't know. I'm not, I would, couldn't give up pork. There's no way I could give up a shrimp or a lobster. Food is more important than God. <laughs> I just laughed when I said that because that's not true. But I mean, it's, food is more important than a lot. It's not more important than God, but it's, it's more important than religion or, and plus, what's the point of praying so much if I'm going to be so down? Ugh. Anyway. Someone asked me the other day what was the worst environment, like, show I ever did, and I did a Holocaust museum that was also a barn in New York, I swear to God, in New Jersey, and it was a singles event. We we need to just discuss. It was a literal barn. I want you guys to Google it because it's in New Jersey. They have Holocaust artifacts there, not like teeth and shoes, but like wood, I don't know, whatever, some things, like art. No, that was taken. I don't know what they have, but they have that stuff. And then it was a singles event. So it was like 40 religious Jews in a barn with Holocaust items around them. Do you think I got one laugh? I got this. <laughs> that was the closest to a laugh that I got. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. This is the last thing I want to say before... My guest comes on. I'm trying to think of a hook for my name for fans, like Jessica Kirsten. So like Kirstenites or Kirsten, Tracy's laughing. Why? Can you think of any? The Kirstenites? That was, that's like more like a stalagmite or a stalactite in a cave. I have absolutely no idea what you just said. Did you just have a stroke? What's a stalagmite? It's like the things that hang from the cave ceilings. Oh, oh, I know what you mean. <laughs> What could someone think of a good thing for like people that follow me and use the word cursin? My initials are JK. I don't know. You guys can think of um. Don't be like I'm cursing at you. Like that's really corny. God, I wish I was thin. Be so much easier. I I once again have to go use the bathroom. But I um I've really had fun talking to you about Holocaust museums and fucking scalps and my tag name hi everyone welcome to relatively sane i'm jessica kirsten and i'm here with my friend sam morell hi sam hey i'm so happy you agreed to do this oh agreed to like i had a like a pressing uh anything going on today no i'm <laughs> i'm good what do you do during the day do you just write all day i write a lot i play basketball sometimes i sometimes 
sometimes I just wake up and my day is gone. Do you ever feel that way? Of course. Because she just books me here at the cellar so late that every day I wake up, I'm like, I guess that's that was my Wednesday. So you normally do very late spots at night? I don't know how it happened, but it's been like eight years here, and for whatever reason, uh, I get my avails, and I'm like, oh, Monday, 1240, Tuesday, 1225. It's, kill- it's a killer. Yeah. I've done so. it. It's really hard. Yeah, some weeks I'll just say before uh, ten or eleven, some nights. Yeah, you know, and then but then others, I'm like, what am I doing? Who cares? Do you play basketball to get exercise to yeah. like, take care of yourself? Mm-hmm. That's good because I hate running. Yeah, I do too. But I just need that. I get depressed, so I need that lift. I need that endorphin lift. I need something. Were you always depressed, or is it more so in this business? Because <laughs> I've been kind of much more depressed um, in this business. I think I always bottled stuff up. I used to just drink way more. In the last, uh, I'd say five or six weeks, I've, I've really cut back on the drinking. Really? So, yeah. So that's been a that's been a thing where I'm like, oh my god, I'm feeling everything. This sucks. It's very hard. Yeah. Very. So yeah. you can just drink a little and then stop. Apparently, I've done that the last couple nights, but I'm definitely, I'm aware that I want more. Yeah. I'm aware that I, yeah, I have to really cut myself off. Well, I knew I had a problem with drugs and alcohol when someone said to me, how do you feel if I say you can't have anything for the next 30 (laughs) days? And I'm like, I'm going to kill myself. Like most people will go, yeah, okay, I won't have a drink or smoke or do anything for the next. I was like, I'm not going to be okay. I can't function. That's when you kind of know. Yeah, I was really upset. I was really, uh, I was bummed, but then, uh, but then, you know, you feel way better. You feel way better. And I also, and you it, lose so much of your day when you're hungover. That's I really, know. it also, was a lot of guilt riding. it doesn't make the problems go away. It doesn't. It's like, they get worse. That's, <laughs> That's the, the thing. funniest summary of drug use. It's it doesn't so, make your problems <laughs> I better. So I had simple. no idea. I, I know, thought I it just would... sounded like my Jewish grandmother. <laughs> I thought it would when fix everything. When I do everything. heroin, I doesn't, <laughs> I have the same problems I had. I've been doing drugs and drinking for many, many years, and I just, every time I think I can, and I'll feel better, it just, I become miserable, I, it doesn't help, and the same problems are there, and they're just magnified, because I feel like shit. Yeah, I also get trapped when I, I'm not better, I'm, I'm a step slower with, I've never been a bad drunk, so that's part of the problem, is, yeah. that, is that no one's ever gonna be like, you need to quit, but I'm a step slower, like I was even, I got into a thing with a, a girl the other night, where we were kind of talking, and I was on sleeping pills, oh, and I've been- I'm just... And I'm just not quick. So she was just running circles around me. And I was like, oh, man, I hate this. I hate how slow I am. She's well, killing me. Well, especially on sleeping. But then if you take like a Ritalin or something, you feel like the guy in Limitless, you know? So you like, you got to like choose your drug for when, for when they tear you to shreds. Choose whatever drug you need to do to get laid. Whatever, whatever speed you have to be at. No, I wasn't even getting laid. We were just talking. I mean, that was the thing, too. She was just, uh, I have a problem where, you know, I'll make jokes. I'm, every comic does this, but I'll yeah. make jokes at the wrong time. Like someone will be opening up and I'll, I'll get uncomfortable by how real it is and I'll make a joke. <laughs> and then they get, they're like, I was being vulnerable. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I fucked up. I don't well, know. Well, because you feel un- Yeah, I get it. I do the same I thing. I laugh. I laugh at the wrong time and they think I'm mocking them sometimes, but I'm not, I'm just uncomfortable. I laugh at funerals. Yeah, me too. My sister's always gotten mad at me. She's like, how can you laugh if I'm like, I'm nervous. I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and cry. I'm not. Dude, I mean, my, I, my grandpa when he died and you know my grandma was with him since they were teenagers and when they when he died i remember the funeral was like the last piece of you know dirt they threw on the casket I know, my grandma so depressing and my grandma just goes well that's that <laughs> it was like that's the perfect uh that's the perfect way to do that's like the most well, that's dark that is yeah, amazing that's a great way to just summarize someone's life you're like well that that's it yeah well okay that's no over i don't know if everyone realizes because we're jewish when you when someone is buried you have to take shot you take a shovel 
and you put dirt on rocks on top of them, and it's very depressing because you yeah. hear the rocks and oh, it's just God. Yeah, just you feel it even it's talking about it, and it's yeah. always raining. <laughs> It's always raining. <laughs> it's always raining for it some is. reason, yeah. Isn't it always raining or it cold? It is, yeah. Something's always just, wrong. Yeah, and then someone's just there lingering, putting a rock on it, and you're like, fucking let it, it's over. <laughs> it's like there's 54 rocks. Just let it go. Yeah. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Manhattan. Right, that's right. Okay. Yeah. And you, how many siblings do you have? I have uh, a stepbrother and a stepsister. Okay, and I have steps too. Yeah. Yeah. So you have no full. I have a I have a half somewhere in See, California. Really, <laughs> I've never met him. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Why didn't you ever meet him? Because I I kind of th- I met my biological father very late in life. I had a stepdad who raised me, who I just called dad. Who's a great dad. Yeah. So uh, I, you know I lucked out, and uh, I kind of threw I hinted it to my biological father. I was like, oh you know I'd love to meet uh, my half brother, and he's like, yeah, I floated it out there. He didn't seem into it. <laughs> Isn't like, that incredible? I was like, all right. <laughs> Maybe because he has his own history. Maybe if I get a little more successful, he'll want to meet me. If you become famous, that's why you have to sell your special so that you can find your (laughs) half-brother. I I sold the last one. He didn't seem interested. Oh, yeah. I mean, you really have a hot career, so I'm (laughs) shocked he hasn't gotten in touch with you. I don't think... uh, He's a weird story from what I've heard about him. He doesn't seem... And he's much older. He's, you know, he's... At least, you know, 15 years older. See, I, I have a similar, I have a full sister. I have two halves who are 20 years younger. Wow. And I have four steps. So I come from the same kind of thing. But it is weird when you have like a sibling that you probably, it's weird that you haven't ever met. Yeah, it is weird. And also the step situation can go horribly wrong. So I'm lucky that they're good people. Me cause, too. Because you just, I mean, it was de- there was definitely like, there was awkwardness for a while when you first become a blended family because there just is, it just, they're much quieter than I am. So, you know, I'm also the youngest. So it was just constant, like them being quiet and me just saying horrible shit <laughs> and getting in trouble. And right. I heard Dave Chappelle once say that the youngest child is a tension breaker. I think that's true. Oh, I t- t- hundred, I'm the youngest too. I mean, until the steps came, but it's yeah it's weird it is weird when you blend a family it was very strange for me like who are these new siblings out of nowhere i don't even know them really yeah it's a, it's weird to just it's a blind date and now you're just together <laughs> now you're a family Isn't that really you're not i even, mean like yeah you're that's really family. what it is so yeah thank god it worked out thank god my brother and sister are good people and uh yeah it, that could go so horrible and there's gonna be awkwardness like I, they definitely did not uh, like my mom at first, yeah. Which that puts it's tough because I'm like trying to like you know sell them on her at dinner. I'd be like, she's pretty cool though, and they'd Doesn't be like, she make a good Poshka? <laughs> I'm trying to be like, I like her. I think she's all right. She means well. And I remember they would just slam the door all the time, and she'd be really upset. And, oh, I, and I then know. I had to be like the peacemaker a little bit. But then like I also would be like, was well, she not cool? <laughs> I think she's cool. I like. Yeah, my maybe mom. I'm just maybe I'm wrong. All <laughs> Am these I years. biased? My, I think my mom's Am a I? bit. <laughs> <laughs> so you and were you like you said you were like a wild kid like you, yeah I was bad yeah they, was and they were both too. overachievers so that made it extra hard they were both like Ivy League law people oh, really? so that really fucked me hard yeah <laughs> that's hard when they're Ivy League lawyers and I'm like getting just shit faced constantly I know and they and they yeah my parents were not uh, they were worried. My mom already worries a lot. So, where did you go to college? I went to Tulane for a year and a half in New Orleans. And it's a great school. Yeah, it was fun. It wasn't really right for me. The pace of the South is—I'm a New Yorker, so the pace of the South is not right for me. Yeah. Also, Katrina hit when I was a freshman. Holy so shit! So that was kind of an issue. Uh, 
I went back for a year and a half. I met Bill Burr actually there. He let they let me open for him really? when I was like nineteen. Yeah, I never knew that. Yeah, I, I have a picture. That. I'll show you a picture after this. Uh, yeah, I look. I think I look the same. I think he looks. He has hair, so he looks a little different. Yeah, he looked different with hair. But definitely. Uh, yeah, he was so nice even then. I and love that you opened for him in college. I opened like, for I've Dat had Fan. People open for me. What? I opened for Dat Fan. Well, that's more exciting. Than <laughs> it was. I remember Dat Fan got pissed at me because I had pink eye. And I shook his hand. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? You're going to give me pink eye. And I was like, sorry. I don't know. And, uh, yeah. Dad fan got mad at he me. He was I don't furious. Know why made me laugh. He was furious. And then, uh, he, so I went there. Then I decided to, I was like, I'm dropping out. And my mom said, you can't drop out. I ended up transferring. I went to NYU here. And oh, good. I was handing out flyers in the street for like Underground Lounge and Broadway Comedy Club and stuff like that. All right. This is what I want to talk about. What age were you when you started stand up? I was. Probably like 19-ish. I am so jealous of that. <laughs> I think that's unbelievable. I w- but then I'm also jealous of people. Like I remember seeing people like Michael Che who came out and he started much later than me, but he was a fully formed person who just right. knew who he was. I know. So I was such an insecure... Uh, you you know you don't know your identity as a human yet so how are you supposed to know your identity as a comic and a performer so i was like experimenting a lot i think people saw me when i was at my weakest a lot because i started in the city right uh whereas you know i saw someone like michael che and i and i thought whoa he knows exactly who he is as an open micer it was kind of to me that was really cool I know what you mean, because I feel like the older I've gotten, the better I've gotten at stand-up just from experience in life and going through a lot of different things. So you, okay, and now you kept with it at 19. That's Mm -hmm. so, that's a rare story. Well, I didn't go as hard as I I knew I needed to go. You know, I, I, I went, um, pretty, I went, I, I worked at it, but I, I, I didn't realize how hard I had to go. You never yeah. know when you first start. You're like, oh, shit. I didn't yeah. think it was going to take this. I didn't think you'd have to just give up everything. Everything. You know? Especially at a young age. Yeah. You just, it's like an addiction. It's crazy. What you, you also do. sound crazy explaining to people where I remember I'd hand out flyers for the underground lounge and stuff in exchange for stage time. And they're like, wait, you just stand on the street for two <laughs> hours handing out tickets to people. And then they give you seven minutes for a terrible crowd. And I'd be like, it's stage time is valuable here. You don't you, like explaining this to I, them. Very, you sound, yeah. you sound mentally ill. Yeah, you're like, you well, I get nachos <laughs> and four minutes. I just got some wings. They were yeah, very good. I'm serious. I, I, um, I remember my parents when I did it, they were like, what do you mean you performed at the top club in New York and you just made $20? Like, they couldn't understand that I yeah. made $20. They they were like, what? It was insane. Yeah, it's tough. that. But then I kind of, the way, you know, because my family, you know, my brother and sister were lawyers and my dad's a lawyer. So I, the way I broke it down to them, I said, well, you know, you went to law school. So that's, you're, you're, that you're out of money, right? You're, you're, you're way in the, you know, you're, you're losing hundreds of thousands of dollars here, right? Whereas for me... You know, you're really just kind of floating. You just have to keep going. And then at a certain point, you don't have the guaranteed security as a law career. But if you work really hard, I think I think you can make a career. And I looked at comics who were ahead of me who were doing that. So I that's kind of what I fed to them. Mm-hmm. But th- it still took them a while to see what the hell I was talking about, you know? Yeah, of course. And they have to see you succeed a little. And then they're like, oh, wait, he just did The Tonight Show. or he just." They did saw me the- open for Jim Jeffries in the Best Buy Theater. Which I think it's a different theater now. I think it's like the... 
it's called something else now. It's yeah. in Times Square. But it was like 1,800 people or something. So when I'm on stage, I feel like I'm the most powerful on like in my life, and I'm the mo- most present. Like I'm not present in anything in my life like I am on stage. Right. And it's very therapeutic for me. Like when I don't perform for a week, I'm down. I get down. So yeah, what and anxious. For, yes. I get so anxious. Like you my, do? My family will be like, we're going to Florida or something. You should come. I, I, what, you want me to take a week off of this? I can't do that. I'll go crazy. You know? I know. So I can't do stuff like that. I need to do it every night. And if I take even a night or two off, it's uh, pretty hard for me. You know, um, if I if I meet a girl or maybe like I – like I don't take vacations because I'm like once every couple of years, I'll just like fall in love with someone and that's my vacation where like that will spiral <laughs> me out of control. So um, I don't really uh, – yeah, I don't really take time off unless there's someone I'm, like, pursuing and excited about. But then... Um, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm scared to take time off. I'm scared to... I guess people are like, well, you need stories. I'm like, well, I'm not going to get stories on some beach in Florida. I don't think... I've never related to that. I have kids, you know. I don't get more... Mate- I don't know why. It just... You get your material where you get your material from. But I, I'm always surprised by people are like, you need to go away more and take vacations so you could write about it. And totally. I'm like, what do you mean? I don't even leave the fucking hotel. I relate a lot to what you say, you know, feeling most powerful on stage because we put the most work into this than we do anything else. Right. I mean, I, I'm not putting this work, you know, <laughs> into my personal life that I'm putting in the stand-up, unfortunately. You know, I should be. And I, at some point, I, I hope to. But, you know, you have to be, I think... This is such a grind that you have to just put work in a, being a, a really good stand-up and having new stuff to talk about all the time and having new jokes and, you know, to be out every night. And then sometimes even you get those nights where you get a 9 p.m. spot and a midnight spot and you just think, well, I guess I'm going to work in between. Yeah. You know, I don't I know. I know. It's really uncom- – like I have a break tonight and it's killing me. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck am I going to do with three hours? I can't – I, what am I going to walk around? I, I know with someone sometimes, but then you're like, sometimes you're thinking, well, I could be working on my act now. Yeah. Well, you are, you write a lot. I mean, you, what you do is rare. My batting you, average is low for, for jokes that hit. So I feel like I have to write a lot. Like I, I just, I, I throw out a lot and a lot of it doesn't hit. So I have to. Does it affect you still when jokes, when you have a set and like you feel like, I mean, I only see you do well. I'm being honest. I don't see you I, bombing. I bomb, sure. I, yeah, I just try to sandwich it when I'm doing new stuff. Right. But I, I, yeah, it affects me a little bit, if, especially if it's vulnerable. I did some stuff about that was kind of vulnerable last night, a show in Brooklyn, a little embarrassing, and it, and it went over well. And if it didn't go over well, it would have affected me. Right, because it was personal. Because it was stuff that I, was, I didn't want to admit. And was a little embarrassing to me, and they were supportive. Those Brooklyn crowds can be very cool. They want that, I think. So it's a good place to work out. They, they want, want vulnerable. They want like a story, but like my stuff is usually I just try to make sure it's funny. I but if I if I go there, I want to make sure if I if I go to a place that's a little uncomfortable, I want to make sure the payoff is really good because I don't want to just waste someone's time with a therapy session. I want it to be a fucking hard laugh. Of course, I mean that's the whole point. Some people just go up and vomit, and you're like, this is funny. That. That's I my know. least favorite. There's like a movement now where they need some story or they need some like well this person told you something very bare and naked about them it's like well there better be a fucking laugh but it's otherwise you're just it's, like, it's a one it's person a show then yeah, yeah it's a seminar there's nothing wrong with a one person show but it's not stand-up right yeah and then there's people laughing and i'm like what are they even laughing at like what i don't even know what's going on yeah, I guess I, I, it's like the, we were talking about laughing at a funeral. I laugh at shows sometimes that aren't meant to be comedies because I just feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So I'll, I'll laugh. But yeah, you're right. It's not It's not comedy. So you feel like the comedy helped you with depression and anxiety? 
Do you I think like so? That? I don't. It fulfills me in a way. So yeah, I think it, it helps. Uh, but also, it's another way for me to avoid my problems. You I know, know? Cause I know. I'm just like, well, I'll write a joke about it. But that's not dealing with your problems. I think in some way, writing a joke about something is even more distancing yourself from the problems You're because, right. it's because a step away even. well a joke is like a deflection of it's like if you respond if someone says something serious to you and you respond with a joke you're kind of deflecting it yeah you're not embracing it yeah i mean i that's so true i totally agree with that i find like the hardest times are when i'm on the road like i'm going away tomorrow morning and i'm dreading it where are you going i'm going to wisconsin which is an incredible club the madison club yeah it's, it's a great it's club unbelievable yeah. and i have uh, someone from new york opening for me so that's great it's just uh it's you know it's hard i don't want to go away i don't want to be in a hotel I, it's going to be 30 degrees there i have to do five shows i'm just it's tough it's really tough sometimes i'm going to minnesota tomorrow that's where acme another great club though it is but i i think yeah i feel the same way i'm also in the beginning stages of dating someone so the road as a single guy for me was much more fun when i was drinking I would, it was much more assume fun it is so much more when i'm in when i'm in something that i'm i'm also in a thing where i'm trying to prove myself to someone because i think i kind of fucked up a little bit out of the gate with her so i kind of am in a situation where i have to prove myself to her yeah. and that is uh Causing me a little stress because I don't want to mess it up. You mean like you did you were you too distant or were you too on her? Like I kept something from her that I shouldn't have kept from her. Nothing horrible, yeah. but I I kept something from her and I think it it made her not trust me entirely. That's okay. And uh, I kept it from her for a reason, and I told her, and she was upset. That she was happy. She uh, I told her, but she was upset that I kept it for as long as I did because she's one of those people where I think transparency is everything yeah and i'm one of those people where i'm like yeah there's some things i want to keep to myself yeah you know i'm like that too it's and then once a woman doesn't trust you in certain ways it's very tough to she's get young it. too so she kept me up till like 7 a.m like arguing and i was i want i was telling her like i don't have this endurance anymore i can't argue this late and uh <laughs> <laughs> it was rough i pulled out, it was tough because i pulled out like all the stops to like make sure it was a great weekend you know, I got like Hamilton tickets. I got like, oh. I, I got like good dinners going on and I really like her. So that was kind of what I was, you know, I was and trying now to make there's sure still that resentment. There's a little bit. She's still a little upset with me and I'm Maybe trying should to have gotten Dear Evan Hansen or something <laughs> else. I don't know if it's because it was Hamilton. Do you like teen suicide? Because this will make you feel way better about me. <laughs> um, we were talking about Alexander Hamilton's wife. You know how he, you know, he dies and she lives another 50 years and just doesn't marry again. And you're yeah. like, well, that's got to be. I guess, like, when you marry someone great, <laughs> you really, like, what, are you going to, like, marry a cobbler after that, you know? I know, it's, it's very hard. You can't go from being treated amazing to, like... And she probably didn't even treat her well. He's probably just working all the time, but, yeah. you know, but he's cool. So she doesn't live in New York. She doesn't. That's, yeah. I feel like, I don't know if you do this ever, because, I mean, you're in something now, but, I mean, I, I tend to open up only if the person's very far away with no hope of a potential relationship <laughs> and then um and then that's so shocking hearing that from a comic <laughs> well then so then we kind of op i opened up with her and then it was a thing where i was like oh fuck i really like her and then uh i think she felt similarly and then and then it hit me where i thought okay i gotta i guess try this now so um well i think it's good i think the not drink do you feel like you when you go away is it gonna be hard for you to not i'm talking because from my own experience it's gonna be hard for you to not drink no i can alone? do it i can definitely do it because uh, when i'm alone it's much harder for me not to 
do things. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Like you see, it, like how much of a crutch uh, drinking was by how many peanut M and M's I eat in my hotel room. I'm like, wow, I guess I needed something to numb myself. Uh, That's so funny. But I, I just, yeah, I, I, I think I can. I think I'll be all right. It's a good club. I'll make sure to work a lot, do a lot of new. For me, the hard part is getting off stage and that being it. I, I'm the same way. I'm like, I am so ramped up now. Right. And I just want to, I mean, I'm being honest. I'm like, I just want to smoke pot. I want to do something to like. Yeah. It's almost it's like hard. when you, it's almost like when you're in bed and you're watching a show and it's like one more episode and you're like, fuck it. One more episode. Yeah. That's how I feel about drinking after a show. I just, it's hard to just stop. Me too. I have the exact same thing. Yeah. So I've tried to like plan something after the show. I don't mean be with people because that's a nightmare. But I mean like just make a call or med like something. Because if I'm just sitting watching TV or on the internet, I'm fuck. I'm gonna. It's very hard for me. Yeah. Very hard. Yeah. Yeah. But now you're dating someone, so you do. I think we are. I. It's still. It's still early. I. I'd like to be. Aw, you're cute. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, you're a romantic. I every few years. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like every few years. Well, when I'm you like, meet a girl you like, then it's you know you put in the effort and. I try. I you know I'm trying. She's do you a good feel girl. like you have intimacy issues? I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's part of the drinking too. It's but like I, a, I also think that I'm intense. She's intense too. I, I'm an intense person, so I, I definitely once I'm in, I'm in. And there's that fear of going in because you know what it could do to you. Like the last time I, I went know. in, I was like, oh, I'm fucked up for a while. So I remember uh, when you were in the last time, and it was it, it was a lot. It's also hard for me because it just fucks up. I realize that like that hurt can fuck up everything and mm -hmm. i know that we can fake it on stage but there's a point where i can't fake it and unfortunately you get some good jokes out of that pain but i don't want to live in that area i don't want to i don't want to be it's there it's very hard to perform when you're go i mean i've i've performed when i've gone through horrific breakups and i was not okay i remember i would be crying and have to go on hey everyone <laughs> How are you? It was insane. Yeah, you feel crazy. Yeah, it you feel really, like a crazy it's not person. easy. And then every once in a while, you break down on stage, and you get some jokes out of that sometimes. Cause yeah. That's so, you know, but it also, yeah, it takes a lot to get to that place. So you gotta, you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful of the person you're with. I know. You gotta be careful. On paper, the situation I'm in right now might be very. It might not be a great idea, but I also just. You know, if you feel sparks, sometimes you got to follow that too. So you think it might not be a great idea because she lives far away. Far away, and yeah, and I think young, and she, younger, but uh, but mature in some ways for sure. I'm immature in a lot of ways. Yeah, we all are. I'm very immature. I think she was shocked at how immature I am. <laughs> I think she was what expecting makes you me. Think that? <laughs> She's like, I was shocked at how immature you are. <laughs> uh, she, <actually laughs> she just said that. that yeah, yeah, because she just knew me from my comedy, really. So she kind of thought that. Uh, she she said, man, you're like very uh, in control on stage. I was like, yeah, well, that's the part of my life I've worked on. <laughs> right. Of <laughs> you know? course. So uh, and then off stage, I'm very. Uh, she's the oldest of her siblings and I'm the youngest. And yeah. I think sometimes that's a good match because mm -hmm. the oldest is always in control. And they're like, oh, I need every I need to be in charge of everything. And I'm kind of just like, fuck it. Let's just roll with it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I know. very much waiting for someone else to take control. So that's great for me. Do you see yourself getting married and settling? Not only now, I'm talking about in your future. Do you want? That? I'd like to think so, but I, I also, you know, like that's something she asked me. She said, "Do you want kids and a and a wife and that stuff?" And I said, 
if the situation's right, of course. But yeah. I don't want to like I'm not just being like, hey, I'm looking to get married. So I, I and she thought that was a weird answer. I don't think that's a weird answer. I think I actually think that's a very normal answer. Yeah, I, that's how I felt. I feel that if I fall in love with someone and I want to be with them. I will totally lock it down. And if they want to have a kid and the situation's right, and I feel that I'm available to be a good parent, then mm. I would totally do that. Do you like kids? <laughs> Sometimes. See, I don't. Love I don't kids. like. I don't I like kids across the board. Me either. Like when I walk into a room and there's kids, I normally go in the other room. I'm not the kind of. Per- <laughs> I mean, well, I have kids, but I'm not the kind of person that like sits down and plays with kids. I don't I feel. Do. I don't find kids to be intellectually stimulating. They're not. No, I know. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I like kids, but I also feel like I think they always say it's different when it's your own. Is that true it with you? It is very different. That's cool. yes, because you mold them into the kind of person you want. The- it's like, and I bring my kids up to be very polite and. Not talk back. And so they're good kids. Like, they're good kids. Please, thank you, excuse me. But, like, other kids are animals. Because I hate when I see parents who don't parent. Like, if I'm on a flight and a kid's screaming and the the parent doesn't do anything, I'm just thinking, like, are you you an asshole? They are an asshole. And then what happens is the kid acts out and then they scream at them and they don't even explain why or what's going on. Yeah. They laugh when they're acting like an, an ass, like the kid's just running around, and then they start screaming and being abusive, and the kids, they don't know any better. Yeah, it's pretty weird. I Yeah, I think some kids are pretty rough, so I'd like to think I like kids, I guess is the point, but yeah, it's, like, I like taking my niece to movies and stuff. I like I like doing that. Um, That's cute. Yeah. I took her to see that new uh, Wreck-It Ralph movie, and it's just funny to see Sarah Silverman uh, her voice in the movie, you I know, because we know the people. Don't you ever? I want to tell my daughter sometimes, like that's mom, that's mama's friend. Like, I, I want to brag to my daughter. She doesn't even know what the fuck I'm talking. <laughs> I was on. Bumble oh, they don't Guppies. care. They don't give a shit, right? Yeah, it's hilarious. I was on Bumble Guppies, and she heard my voice. I was watching the episode with my daughter. I'm like, that's mama, and she's like, I want to play with Peppa Pig. Like she had <laughs> no clue could care less and i'm like i'm your mother and i'm on television right now like i just wanted her to acknowledge it and there was no nothing yeah we live cool lives and they don't get that but they'll get it at some point they'll get it when she's a teenager she's going to be so into it that's true into it that's true how cool is it to have a parent that's a comic I think, I think we I forget think cool. about that. Yeah, I, th- I think I would be down to be a parent at some point if I if I met someone who was uh, who was really cool and yeah, I would I would give it a shot. I think you'd be a good dad. I think I'd be a good dad. I think I'd be pretty cool. You met her through comedy? Did she contact yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. She slid it. Wait, I'm going to talk like a young person. I think I slid, slid into her into, DMs. Oh, you slid yeah. into her DMs, which I never do. I can't see you sliding into people's she was, DMs. I just did it kind of in a friendly way. I, did, I thought she was in a relationship, and she was, but it just had ended. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you were like, thank I you just, for your compliment? Thank you for your service. <laughs> I, uh, thank you for your tits. <laughs> <laughs> she's a comic, and I told her I thought she was funny. I saw oh, one, she's I a saw, comic? I saw her do a late night set, and I said, you, uh, I said, you're, very, uh, I said you're very funny, and clearly you put in a lot of work to your, uh, to your joke writing. That's nice. Yeah. That must have made her. Yeah, I think it made her happy. And then, you know, we chat more and more. And then at a certain point. Oh, so she's a comic, too. Yeah. So that changes everything. Sure. Two mentally ill people. 
I think it's perfect. You'll just end up getting famous and killing each other. <laughs> two, with two mentally ill parents, is that offset and you raise a normal kid? No, because you won't even bring them up because you'll be rich and famous. I so, hope. Yeah. Let's so do you'll it. you'll have a nanny do it. It'll All be right, fine. good. I nanny was brought up by a nanny, and that's why I'm a good person. She is was, it? Yeah, she was a big Jamaican woman. <laughs> I was going to say, that's why you make a good jerk chicken. <laughs> That's why I can braid hair and I know every episode of Sanford and Son. <laughs> but she was my mother. I do think it's weird how often you say Bumba Clot in your stand up, but you know. <laughs> what? Yeah, she she was amazing and I she really shaped who I was. I mean, yeah. I, she was like my mother for 7 years. So it was it was it was interesting. Like yeah. I I was, you know, brought up in a Jewish family, but I had this Jamaican woman as my Mother, that's why I get frustrated with what's going on in comedy, not to bring up this horrible subject, but when I do impressions of her or talk about her and people get offended, I'm like, it's my fucking life. It's also... Like, am I supposed... Do you want me to say she was white? Because she wasn't white. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Yeah, I just think, like, I, I get annoyed, too, when I get... My mom will get upset when I make jokes about being Jewish and I, and I because of the anti-Semitism in the I world. Know. And I tell her, you know, I'm not going to let anti-Semites... Just ruin my fun of affectionately poking it fun at, at Jewish too. people. It's not hateful when I do it, so I just tell her that you know this. There are people that hate us, but I'm not one of those people. You know, so yeah, I'm, I'm, we're allowed to make jokes about us. By the way, Jewish people never get offended. It's the anti-Semites that go, oh, uh, that's a good point. Are, it's true. I say it all the time on stage. When I do Jewish jokes, Jewish people die laughing. Yeah. Because we can laugh at ourselves. True. But it's the other people who really do hate us that get tense. They yeah, don't that's know a good if they point. should laugh or not. If you point it out, it gets a big laugh because it, they admit it. That's true. Yeah, I definitely... Uh... I think with any subject, if you start to feel the tension and you just address it and keep going, then you're fine. I think You have to address it. Yeah, but as long as you just kind of read the room a little bit, so they see they feel that you're more in control, I think, if you read the room. like I always felt that way if I was bombing and I didn't address that I was bombing. I feel like if I, if I say that I'm bombing, they at least think, well, at least he's self-aware. That's you know something. what, Sam, do you have any idea how important that is? I taught comedy for years, and I would tell people, if you're not doing well, they all know it. Everyone's thinking it, and you're just like, so anyway, da, da, da. it's it's you literally can't power insane. Through. You have to address that it's yeah. not going well. Yeah. You're not addressing it. Like, I want them to know that I'm not going to feel good after this. I'm like, just so you know, this, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna feel bad. Yeah, I, I, I totally get it. What what is your I don't ever ask people this but for some reason I'm dying to know what's the worst experience you've ever had in my life or in no, comedy No com in comedy Um god there's been a, a good many I think yeah. uh there are many d bad ones for different reasons well, I remember yeah, one, one time one time in Atlantic City they stiffed me on the the check for the week which was pretty That's horrible That fucking hurt especially my agent did, at the time did not stand up for me at all really so he just said yeah the guy disappeared and I said well fucking find him Disappeared <laughs> Yeah the guy a guy named Bob Kephart just disappeared I know that name Yeah terrible human being um, anyway, uh, owes a lot of people money. Oh, that's and, uh, so bad. So then what else? Yeah, that was bad. I'm trying to think. I got spat on on stage once. That didn't feel good. Really? Was, yeah. Uh, Broadway Comedy Club mid set many years ago. Um, I was just going back and forth. It was the heckler and I thought I kind of had hit him with everything I could hit him with. And then I heard him. I just, he stood up and I heard him go. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, well, this God. isn't going to end well for me. And he just nailed me right oh, in the chest. Oh my. 
from from a decent distance. You know, nice. If it was, you know, if it was a field goal, it would have been impressive. Wow. You know? So yeah, and the wait staff at the time, I guess I was friendly with them, so they kind of barricaded the stage a little, so we couldn't get closer to me. But it's really hard to go back into jokes after someone hocks a loogie dead center. You know, it's hard to be like, anyway, parking's weird. Um, <laughs> but Do you know that happened. I had a bottle thrown at me there. What same club? A guy from France hated my stand. I need. There wasn't even an interaction. How sick is that? It was that? a Perrier bottle. I, <laughs> <laughs> it was La <laughs> I was. I was on stage. He didn't. There wasn't even you suck. It literally was just he picked what up a bottle. What kind of fucking scumbag does that? Threw it at a woman. And you know, it, you're allowed to not like the show. And just either leave or move on. Also, those are showcase shows where we're doing, what, 15 minutes? Yeah, it was horrible. Let it end. I know. He didn't even go, you suck, right? He just took the bottle, and he was in the front, and he threw it right at me. It's crazy. And I picked it up and threw it right back. I, I didn't even think about it. How crazy is that? And he ducked, and I hit a woman from Sweden in the shoulder, and she started screaming that I hurt her. It was hard, but I'd be t- they took me to my car. I mean, he was out of control. Yeah. He wanted to kill me. Just from a joke. <sighs> that happened once. I was in the Cafe Wa, and a guy uh, just – I did a joke about terrorists, and he just started losing. Cafe Wa, for those of you who don't know, is it's like a music room, but right. we would go in and warm up the crowd sometimes. So they weren't expecting comedy, so they're not a good yeah, comedy crowd. Yeah, that's the worst situation. That's what people don't get is like there would be hostage shows. <laughs> I would tell my mom this. We were like, well, it's called an ambush show. It's not a <laughs> – you know, it where, where, where you just get on stage and people are eating dinner somewhere and they're yeah. like, are you guys ready for comedy? And they're like, no, it's just like my mom's <laughs> birthday. Why would I want to hear comedy? And then and then we're bombing and we get mad at them. We're like, what are you, a jerk? And they're like, no, it's a, it's my 10th anniversary with my wife. I'm trying to have a conversation. Like, that, it's hard. Like, at least music you can kind of tune out. Comedy, we're demanding your attention. So it's yeah. insane. So then, like, excuse me, I'm talking. Why? They're like, we just came here for dinner. It's what? insane. But anyway, I'm bombing at the cafe. Well, actually, I wasn't even bombing. It was going pretty well. But then I did this terrorist joke, and this, it was a French guy. And the crowd goes, you piece of shit. I knew people that died in 9-11. Oh and God. I was like, yeah, we all do. Yeah, it's I fucking do New York, dude. What are you talking about? And he just went nuts and, and went crazy. And I, and I just started being silly. I mean, I, I usually just get silly with it. So I was just kind of fucking with him. And, uh, You're great with hecklers. Oh, I've thanks. Seen you it. too. You are. I know. Uh, I've... I've that practice. That's yeah, why. It's, but it's, you know, I, it ended up kind of turning on him. But I remember I get back here and Esty, you know, the booker here was, she heard about it. She's like, what happened? She's like, and I was like, uh, uh. And then some comic was running late and she was like, who's running late? And I was like, thank God I live another day, you know? <laughs> thank God, thank situation. God uh, Tony Woods is nowhere to be found. <laughs> I know. She's dis- she's distracted. Yeah, she's distracted by something else. Yeah. That is, yeah. I mean, what, what, so what is your goal with stand up? I don't know. Do you, I know. I think I just like to really keep uh, having a career that builds and have people come out to see me on the road and, and keep building a fan base and keep well, writing thing. specials and just keep – there's a lot of goals I have. I, there's types of shows I want to make, but there's also – like stand-up is the goal. Like I'm not in this for a sitcom. I'm in this to be a comic. So. I'm the same way. I want to build my fan base so I can sell out theaters. That's totally. like a dream for me. Totally. I'm always uh, – really fascinated with your writing i mean you because a lot of comics listen to this too do you like i think i asked no i asked mark norman this recently but do you sit and like write at a at a desk every day i try to mark is actually one of my best friends for uh bouncing bits i love him because mark and i will talk a lot and uh i've been close with mark for so long so it's probably been like 
it feels like over 10 years of us just being like, hey, is this funny? Oh, like wow. Texting. Or like, hey, have you heard anything like this? Mark is so uh, open-minded, too. Or, you know, I can text him anything, and, and he'll uh, – he immediately sees – he knows my mind well enough at yeah. this point and vice versa. So I That's feel like important. I feel like we're very open minded with each other's premises and we're and we don't really dismiss them. So yeah, I try to write at a desk every day and I'll, I'll text friends. Sometimes I have friends that I just call that are like nice enough to let me just go off and talk yeah. and talk and talk and I kinda see where they laugh sometimes, but I do that. I, I do a combination of everything. I write it in a notepad I have on in my back pocket always. I have I take voice memos. I take little notebook things in my phone. I do Microsoft Word. I email to myself. I just feel like as long as you're constantly doing stuff, your brain will like will throw you little gifts every here and here and then. Well, one of the things I respect about you is that you put so much effort into this because nothing annoys me more than people who don't put a ton of effort in and then complain twenty four <laughs> fucking hours a day. It's like. Try working harder. Well, bitter people have all day to feel bitter. Yeah. Because they're not writing a lot right. of them. You know? It's like take some action and do the work. And then and it's not like happens. we're not pissed, too. I mean, everyone's pissed. Everyone thinks they should be further along. But, but you know, as long as I inundate myself with just tasks and, and stuff that I need to just do, then I, I feel better. So, so even if not, stuff doesn't happen, I'm like, right. at least, at least I, I'm doing my part, you so know? you don't get boxy. What happens is I've learned from doing this for so long that if something doesn't work out or if I do get rejected, no matter how hard it is, I got to create something. It hurts. The only way. It, it, hurts it always horribly. hurts my ego, but I also just know that you got to just take action. You know, you can't let this stupid industry defeat you because their taste is terrible for the most part i know there'll be exceptions of course and and i'm always happy for those but the industry is incredibly stupid every comic knows who the funny comics are so the fact that you know we need famous people to validate our specials is fucking insane we all do but i mean you had bill burr do yours i had amy schumer do mine like without i mean they're comics who are looking out for us and who think we're funny and that's awesome i mean almost everything i've gotten is from comics but isn't that crazy that like maybe the industry would take note of that and think well these people are fucking their peers like them we should look at but they don't they don't we have to build it and then of course when we do get to that place they're going to take all the credit like i always knew and i I I want to like that right now i have a feeling because i have so much going on and not to be but i have so much going on right now and i feel like when things break they're going to be like we always loved you jessica you were the fun i'm like fuck you well you're very you're very respected by comics thank you by comics but the industry but the industry i just said knows nothing i mean comics love you I just told someone I'm going to do your podcast, and she said she's one of my favorite comics. Oh, so, that's so nice. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, people people know you're hilarious, and, and well, comics you like you. I mean, you have so much respect from the comedians. Well, that's why. That's, I mean, that, it feels great, and it, when you hear that, you you never really internalize that, and, and you usually don't feel that. I know. You know it's hard to, it's it's hard to feel to that. It's hard to take it in a little bit, though. It's hard to feel it, that. I, I don't really feel that. and I know it's it's nice when people say that. You will. That but, takes a long time. You will, because you'll see, you'll see how hard you've worked and how much you've committed to it, and you deserve to hear that. Um, but Do you want me to tell you you're horrible? Is that more familiar? Sometimes, sometimes I, like, I'll do that with in relationships where I'll be like, just break up with me. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, just fucking end it because that way it'll be like. Me too. You know, I've sabotaged yeah. every. I mean, it's horrible. It's very uncomfortable. It's easier to, be to just liked. end it than to be, than be like, I really like you. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I have a feeling this will work out. You just I don't have know, to, man. Really? I never believe in it. 
I yeah. I like her. I expect to be dumped usually. Well, maybe because that happened to you recently. Is that part of it? I mean, that was. Yeah, but I usually get dumped. Like I've I've only broken up with a couple people. I'm the same way. And it's fucking brutal. I was like, oh my god, is this what it, is this what it's like? Yeah, I've stayed in it way too long, and it's always the other person that will break up with me. Me too. Because I hate hurting people. I feel feelings. like I keep loading a gun. I'm just like, just shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> just end it just make me the victim and hurt me <laughs> yeah it's more it's comfortable in yeah. a weird way well i'm so grateful that you did my podcast i've loved I know doing it so no i i was excited to do it i i'm, I'm really there's, there's one of, one of the few i was looking forward to. i know i don't do a lot of them <laughs> i don't but i love you and your friends i joe and mark i just and of course rachel's like a sister to me yeah and you guys just work so hard. I'm very impressed by how hard you work. And I, you're doing amazing. Thank you, you really too. are. I'm excited for your special. I mean, I think you need to get more tan to get more work. But you're. Doing I really, really I, I'm I insanely. I, I tried to do a joke once about how I look like a. Ter- I don't look. Someone told me I look like a terrorist, but I feel like I look more like the ghost of a terrorist when he comes back. <laughs> you look like a sick. Terrorist. <laughs> I look like I really impale. It's really fucking insane. You look like a, ther- a, um, a terrorist with a stomach virus. I do, some, a, a Jewish no. terrorist. Yeah, a terrorist. Like- <laughs> no, you actually you you don't look pale. You look. I'm you're pale. very cute. I'm. Pale. But tell people where they can reach you. I got a couple albums, and I got a special on Comedy Central at cc.com slash Sam Morell. But if you don't have cable, you can listen to it on Spotify. Two albums there, Class Act and Positive Influence. And um, just started a basketball podcast with Stavros uh, Halkius called uh, Pod Don't Lie. If you like basketball, it's going to be your favorite podcast ever. It's insanely dumb and funny. And then um, I'm going to tape a new special in December. So... And uh, what date is that? At December the 2nd. I'm fucking pumped. Let's get this That's out. That's awesome. We're going to sell it out. We'll all promote it for you. Oh, I and think the seller will help so much. It'll I be know. Great. So I'm, I'm excited for that. And uh, yeah, it'll be great. I'm, I can't wait. It's gonna That's be, awesome. I just, I'm scared because, you know, doing it yourself is always a little scary, but uh, I think it's necessary. I know? think now it's necessary for us to do things. I'm producing comedy albums. I'm doing all kinds of things myself. Like I'm like with my manager and I'm not waiting for people to do it for me. And it seems to be working very well. So, yeah, it's always scary. But then, you know, scary can be good. So, yeah. In this business, you have to take risks and you can't wait for these idiots to see what everyone else sees. That's true. It's true. Yeah. So thanks again, Sam. Thanks for having me. All right.